Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central only on PBS. Hello, my name is Dave Hanrady and there will be no Encore. Welcome to episode 7 of the No Encore podcast. I am joined by my faithful and trusty steeds, Craig Fitzpatrick and Cullum O'Regan. Hey Hanners, what's up? Hanners. Oh, we're getting <laughs> Yeah. Out. I'm not into that. I'm getting, it's episode sev- seven, you know? Let's get a little I've known informed. you for five years, man. <laughs> this is the first time you've called me that. And hopefully the last. I think it should stick. Hanners is good. It's strong, isn't it? It sounds a bit wanky. Jury's going to stay out, I think. All right, cool. Uh, that we'll voice, work on it. We'll work on it. That other voice you just heard there, that dulcet tone, belongs to Cole Morrigan. How are you, man? Not too bad. How is everyone's bank holiday weekend? Uh, uneventful, but... Seems uh, like a distant yeah, memory. Right. It was grand. It was right. restful. I had a restful time <laughs> reflecting on my life and achievements. Craig, <laughs> Craig Van Winkle over here. What did you learn? Um, I learned that maybe this will be my last ever podcast. Why? Um, because I just think I've taken the game as far as it can go. In seven and episodes. it's time to retire. You haven't been here top. for every episode either. I've been listening to a lot of Drake and he's got some views on kind of knowing when to get out of the game. And I think... We'll see. We'll see, but, you know. That's a nice teaser. I'm just saying, uh, I'm just leaving that hang. That's a nice teaser for this episode. We will be reviewing Drake's views uh, in depth later on. Alongside Our views on views. Views on views on views on top of views, uh, along with some other interesting albums that are also out at the moment, as well as we're going to shake up the show a little bit. We're going to not just have one track of the week this week. We're going to do about three or four of them. Uh, but don't worry, listeners. It's madness. We're only going to play absolute like, madness. We're only going to play snippets from each one so that, you know, you don't think that you're listening to the radio or something. So 
I don't think there's any fear of anybody mistaking us for being on a proper radio show. <laughs> you though. never know. I, I've had I, I've had some nice feedback so far with people saying that they they'd give me my own radio show. They haven't mentioned you guys, so I don't know what that means. But are these people with actual radio stations? Or <laughs> no, uh, that that is the one people stumbling on the street. Block. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the one problem. It hasn't been anyone you know of any kind of radio value, so to speak. We'll yeah. build up to it. You need to network with the right people, Dave. That's what I found in this industry. You're not well, doing it right. If you were networking, would you go to a strange gig in the summer? Is that, is that the kind of place that you, you find yourself going to? This is my attempt at a link. <laughs> I think I would. You just ended up sounding like you're going, planning on assaulting him or something. Like, <laughs> Can I tempt you to go to a strange gig in the summer? In the summer, at the site of Coachella. I just might, Dave. If if I had some more details, maybe I could make an informed decision. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I can give you those details because <laughs> oh, it's God. time for it's time for the news. Uh, let's do some music news. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> In the news this week. Uh, okay, so yeah, I don't know if you guys saw it during the week. Uh, at the same time, I did. It popped up. There's quite the tour uh, weekend, I should say, rather happening. It's called Desert Trip, a mega concert that will be staged at the Empire Polo Field in Indio, California, the same site as Coachella. On the bill. Bob Dylan, Paul McCartney, The Rolling Stones, Neil Young, Roger Waters, and The Who. That's heavyweight. It is heavyweight. And my reaction to it was, yeah, this is the seriously tempting fate tour of 2016. Yeah, there was a lot of very mean kind of messages going around where it's just like, I they realised they're all going to die soon, so they better <laughs> do this and cash in for their families or something. Is that not what this is, though? Let's be honest. Well, I'll put it this way. I doubt they would have scheduled a desert tour for the middle of the summer. They've gone for October. For fear of heat stroke. (laughs) (laughs) Slashing that line of a part in the middle of August. Yeah, yeah, they've taken precautions. Um, It's a strange one, isn't it? Because, I mean, they're, you could say, they're over the hill musically, some of them. But they still kind of pull in the audiences in terms of their own individual gigs. So I really, are they really going to benefit from this kind of just festival with all of them in there together splitting the money? Um, It seems like a weird one. The Rolling Stones don't like doing festivals in general. Bob Dylan just has always done his own thing. Um, the others are a bit more game, but it seems like a, a very strange coming together. Neil Young proving, by the way, that he is game for like something new, something a little different this week. Uh, all of his back catalogue going on Tidal. If only one of us had a subscription to <laughs> Tidal. Craig, Craig, hold on, on, hold on just a second. I <laughs> still have Tidal. How does it, how does it sound in, uh, in High Fire? Um, yeah. Do you know what? Lackluster. Really? <laughs> um, I haven't actually listened as yet, but I'm going to get straight on You haven't on listened that. to the entire Neil Young discography? No, no. I what haven't. the hell, man? Where's your commitment? He was very against the Tidal thing, wasn't he? Not well, anymore. Well, actually, I mean, it makes sense maybe that he would go back to Tidal because it's the one that's offering that hi-fi quality. Yeah. Um, but it's still a long way off this, his own what, Pono player that he has where he's offering kind of the quality you would get from the actual master tapes. Is he, uh, so this is another this is a significant drop for Neil is even he, though yeah. none of us can hear the difference. Is he going to bring out a tell-all album about Jay-Z? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's what I want to know, yeah. Uh, Jay-Z apparently is going to bring out his own riposte to the Beyonce record making them the new Frankie and Eamon. Uh, nice. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. Mid two thousands reference for anyone there, uh, and to me that that to me is the ultimate confirmation that yeah they know it was it, a this is all a big stunt. This is all like you know keeps on the title. But the real question though is whatever about new subscribers will it keep you invested um, with the service that you love to love? I think what will keep me invested is my just complete lack of awareness of when I'm actually supposed to cancel each one. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured out I signed up the 14th of February because that was when Kanye dropped his new album. Valentine's Day, a little present to yourself, was it? <laughs> it was a sad day. <laughs> so it's it's what the, it's the fifth now 
so the next podcast it's going to be literally a day or two before when I should really be cancelling it next time so I if you remind I, me I, on I'm the not, next podcast I'm not remind I could do it live <clears throat> I could I could cancel live it'd be great audio I'm definitely not <laughs> going to remind him to do it now <laughs> save that for the 100th episode the, the whole thing by the way just sorry with the Jay-Z thing and people are like you know oh well this just proves it's a fix I mean like he didn't know anyway he must have known Beyonce couldn't have come home every day for about six months yeah, like what you do today what you get in love, studio love like, nothing <laughs> smashed up cars What's song about you know? nothing? <laughs> yeah. he's also in the Aralong visual a couple of he times is, yeah. presumably where they just made him act like with no sound <laughs> from from like a creative perspective though this might actually be good for Jay-Z because his last few albums have been so abysmal and he's got nothing to rap about anymore the last good thing he did was um, American Gangster which was ba- basically him taking on the character of you know that film and kind of just doing a whole concept album and it worked really well so if he actually has material even as kind of constructed it might just give him a bit of a, a fresh kind of lease of life just to go back to the desert before we leave this area um as <laughs> <laughs> and you know like i mean like i i wish no ill will on anybody however the only thing i will say is for the sake of narrative you kind of hope that not everyone makes it out of that desert in one piece you know you know what i'm saying who would for you want to go who would i who would i want to die is that what you're actually asking <laughs> oh my me? god you brought up one of them having to Die for the sake he... of maybe podcast number whatever twenty seven. Were you were you employing the one that was going to like get lost there or something? I assume it'd be like kind of like, like frankly at that their age that's a distinct possibility <laughs> as well. It could turn into a slasher flick where there are, where all these rock legends are picked off one by one. All I'm saying is Roger Waters is a bit of a douche. All right, that's all I'm saying. Wow, there's, I, 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 I didn't realize there was beef here. What's the story? <laughs> I, what? Craig's Roger just, Waters. Craig's just siding with Dave Fanning <laughs> after that epic interview. That was the most epic ago. of interviews before. I had to transcribe that interview for Hot Press Magazine, and uh, I think it took me about 17 days to transcribe the whole thing. Dave Fanning's cool. We love you, Dave. But, you know, to be fair, he's a radio DJ, so naturally enough, when he asks a question, it can take about 300 words. That's just his style. It works great on the radio, but if you're writing it down and looking on a page, Jesus Christ. But the very, very first question, I love this, the very, very first question that he asked him was, he goes, Roger, is it a bit too simplistic, naive, or just plain wrong to describe the wall as autobiographical and Roger Waters goes yes okay I want him to live <laughs> that's great okay so someone else has to pay the price do they Craig yeah the iron um, price let's see okay I'm going to I'm interrupt why am I looking? I'm seriously starts. looking at the list going who am I going to have to let go I just, I just <laughs> have to stop this now Craig is looking through the list like Alan Sugar on an episode of The Apprentice ready to point his gnarled fingers at a rock legend and Pete just Townsend go, maybe he's a bit of a okay we'll move on I, 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 feel, I feel the safest thing to do is to move on <laughs> I think so too as long as Mac is um, still alive not moving too far unfortunately though when it comes to uh, icons that we've lost this year because uh Prince, obviously there's been an awful lot in the past week, uh, most of which we're just going to try to steer away from, I think. Uh, Strange accusations involving Arsenio Hall uh, being top of that list of the no-go areas. Um, (laughs) This is the last part. We're going to get so sued. They have (laughs) apparently been looking in Prince's vault where they found, well, they say 99 items. Presumably it wasn't exactly that. And uh, yeah, some pretty special stuff in there. Highlights include uh, a replica bat suit for the Michael Keaton era, to be precise. Uh, there's a cat suit. Well, hang on, hang on. The bat suit is in a matte purple finish. Think about how awesome that would look. Well, of course it is. Of course it was purple, yeah. Uh, the cat suit. Well, the, uh, cat, the cat suit is actually a concept album, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, named cat suit. It's inspired by Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. It's called Batman a Machine. sexy saxophone slow jam concept album. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not absolutely sure what the concept behind slot <laughs> is, but that's an unreleased Carmen Electra project. He did, I think of course, we get the gist. Yeah, he, did, he, did, he did kind of 
foresee some sort of musical career for her and never really happened. Um, but yeah, apparently... Stylized that, that is, is there. capital S, capital L, capital U, capital T. Mm-hmm. So maybe it could be an acronym for something completely different, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joker as well. Single entendre if ever I've seen it. <laughs> Tribute album to Heat Ledger. And then Joker 2, a collection of songs written for Jared Leto, which is just... Including yeah. the focus track named Thirsty. Yeah, oh, God. By distance, my favourite thing here is... Um, uh, a Coco Beware documentary. The Coco wrestler. Beware being, yeah, a kind of a relatively mid-card 1990s wrestler. Uh, not, and it's narrated by Mars Day, Princess of Buddy. Of the time. Um, are, yeah. are we sure this is a real list? No, <laughs> no, we're absolutely not. I've got not. no other details, and I'm just thinking, I know he was into his comics and apparently wrestling. Quick wrestling trivia. Who did Coco Beware tag team with, and what was the name of their tag team? And now, come on, like. Come on, this is what he was famous for. Not be cautious? No. No. <laughs> Not bad, though. Coco beware. He tagged with a famous dead wrestler. No. The Undertaker? Owen Hart in High <laughs> Energy. Really? Yeah, yeah. They were there like, a, they were like a, a, you know, make the kids laugh kind of tag team. From... Did Coco beware of a parrot? Yes, he did. Yeah. Is it the parrot of a funny name as well? Probably, uh, I can't remember. Someone, yeah. someone Google it instantly or email us or something. Yeah. Um, Prince it, no. Yeah, there's also a Pure Energon, a Transformers-themed <laughs> concept album with the Information Society. And uh, my favourite one is Robin, a concept album dedicated to Robin to coincide with Batman and Robin. So somewhere out there, if this list is accurate, which I doubt it is, uh, Chris O'Donnell has a Prince album inspired by him. Shout out to Chris. How you doing, yeah. Chris? Irish roots. Get him on the pod. Yeah, we can't possibly um. tell if this is a serious list or not. The one thing that you can say is that it says an awful lot about Prince that we're kind of sitting here going, it could be. Yeah. yeah. I'd, well, do you reckon he was actually authorised to do the, like Were these actually ideas to properly tie in with the films and then they were just like, no, nah, we don't want to go with it? Or was he just doing this off his own back and going, you know, I'm so into this kind of mediocre Batman cinematic kind of releases that I'm going to do all this stuff. It's strange. Well, from what we have heard, that has been like a little more confirmed in terms of like the amount of projects that Prince scrapped throughout his career, the amount of stuff that he kind of like recorded and then threw away. Yeah, frankly, some of this stuff might have been, you know, might have taken a day. This could have been a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't necessarily even mean it was bad because it's Prince. But yeah. you know, I'm sure there were some yeah great yeah. horses in there. Anyway. Could have done whatever you wanted. I suppose another band that at least want to have that sort of enigmatic presence and uh, certainly did their best to achieve it last week uh, was Radiohead, where they kind of removed all trace of themselves from the internet, which is blatantly untrue. Because yeah. because the first thing that you saw was loads of news sites going, Radiohead's tr- just removed all trace of themselves from the internet. And you're like, well, how is this story here? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked. Because it's a publicity stunt. <laughs> Hold on. Well, how do these these things work? Just can we talk talk us through it? So you're saying I Radiohead didn't do have this. a new album? <laughs> I didn't orchestrate this. Campaign. They have a new album and they decide to take Just themselves start. off the internet for yeah. what reasons? Uh, to provoke sir- noise. And I mean, like, if you have a massive following, I mean, like, okay, let's say if someone like Kanye West, Kanye uh, tweets fans. Let's say he tweets anything, and people can read that. But he, t- he t- let's say he tweets no matter what it is. Just like good morning. Uh, yeah. But before he, a second has gone past, you will see thousands of retweets on that. Yeah. Because that's terrifying, and people are just, I guess, just watching the account. Um, so what happens to the retweets if you delete the tweets? But, like, I think it's more a case of, like, <laughs> pe- people saw Radiohead, like, you know, slowly kind of taking stuff down, and then they were just, like, straight into, like, like news sites were like, oh, my God, something's happening. 
And because it's Radiohead and they're so fucking esoteric, it's like it has <laughs> to be an, an, a teaser for the new album. And it was unveiled by via Instagram, so I guess they're happy with that one. It wasn't really that mysterious at all, was it? It was just so obvious what no, was going yeah, of course on. It was. And yeah. it didn't last terribly long at So all. yeah, a day later they released a track called Burn the Witch and the internet did a Beyonce on it and went mental and was like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing ever. And okay, Right off the bat here, I'm not the biggest Radiohead fan in the world, but I don't think really against them. I, I think they've got some excellent stuff. I think the Benz, Kid A, are terrific records. Um, I never okay, quite... computer? It's very, very good, but I never got like the like insane religious oh, fervor... Perfect that, record. ...that these records and that this band have provoked and continue to provoke within people. So I felt very much like, you know, looking outside the window at a party that was going on when this track came out, and I gave it a few spins, and I think it's totally fine. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not reinventing the wheel as far as Radiohead's sound is concerned. No, and someone from their management team had come out saying, um, wait till you hear the new stuff, it's like nothing you've ever heard in your lives before, and this is just Radiohead with strings. Yeah, it's orchestral. It actually um, sounds like a better James Bond theme than the one that they actually tried to do for Spectre. I like that. Had its I thought it was rubbish. Charms. That was rubbish. Um, People get really up on that idea, though, of it's not like nothing you've ever heard before, yeah. when it just means that you know they've brought in one extra instrument for a couple of layers every now and then and they've always kind of pinched from electronic artists and stuff you know they just kind of assimilate stuff which is great and it makes for great music but I don't think you could call them pioneers it's still for for your generic rock band yes they are definitely pushing the envelope yeah and probably as I said like maybe 10 or 15 years you could definitely ago you could have made that argument yeah and Dave as you're saying yeah it is Tom Tom York now just sings exclusively in this really high falsetto to kind of not much of a tune anymore and I don't know what he's doing (laughs) I don't know why people love it I mean like I I if you're a fan, cool, but like I, I, I don't know what I'm missing. I never really did. Even like with the stuff that I quite like, I'm like, yeah, this is clearly very, 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 very good. But like, I'm not. I it's a kind of like the Nirvana thing for me. I always thought, yeah, cool, very, very good, but I'm not feeling this kind of thing. This incredible thing that people feel. Yeah, well, I felt it for a long time. I thought in Rainbows, maybe it's my, it's possibly my favorite Radiohead record, which is only their second last, a long time ago now. Um, 2007 I believe 2007 yeah so you're talking 9 years wow okay but we've been waiting 5 years for another kind of the, King of Limbs kind of no one really cared did they it was nice it was kind of nice kind of sonic textures and soundscapes um, but yeah it didn't grip me and this track seems to be following suit but interesting that they've put it on all the kind of streaming sites as well because you know Tom York's talked about the likes of Google and YouTube being Nazis in terms of stealing art and pilfering stuff and he called Spotify what the last desperate fart of a dying corpse before I think it's on Spotify it is so on Spotify it's a weird yeah. move um and but it's called Burn the Witch Man and it's got a really like you know crazy video and it's all about you know anti-establishment yeah, it's, it's and it's about yeah, the surveillance video, society and yeah the video though is based on Trumpton which is this old uh, like BBC kids drama I think uh, which was also used as like UKIP parody yeah saw this uh, yeah. like last year basically like there's some bloke who made a kids TV show in the 1970s who must just be raking it in in terms of royalties and tributes and stuff at this point do you reckon they can get away without... They probably can get away without paying them, no? Maybe they can, just yeah, very I'm not similar. Sure. Do you think it's a bit, a bit obvious, though? Oh, let, way, let's... no one saw Trumpton in the news at this point. But no. But don't think, well, Shout out to Trumpton. Do you think it's a bit kind of like, oh, let's take, like, you know, a, a BBC kids show from the 70s and go all Wicker Man on it. How subversive. Is that a bit kind of like... It's, just, it's very Radiohead. It's Yeah, you know. but like I say, I mean, like, it is actually just kind of playing on that pattern that was done last year uh, as far as UKIP mm. kind of mockery. 
Uh, basically, I think ba- basically the, yeah. it being a BBC's 1970s show, it's kind of this idyllic yeah. countryside little village where there's no black people and no gay people and no immigration or anything like that. And, you know, so very much going along that uh, Nigel Farage route. And uh, clearly as well, yeah, they've said today that it was kind of, you know, in response to the immigration crisis. So clearly, yeah, um, marching to the same beat, really, and, and kind of going for the same idea. Well, thank Sounds, God. It's going to be a big summer album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God we got Tom York to whine and like spectrally moan about the, the world's issues. For All us. right. Before we move on to songs that we actually like, just a quick nod to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who have uh, unveiled the first track from their uh, forthcoming album. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, this is definitely my track of the year. Uh, it's called Dark Necessities. It sounds a bit like this. So yeah, that's, uh, as I said, the worst track of the year so far. Oh, I heard the piano. No, it's not the worst track of the it's year. It's terrible. There's been some worse. It's appalling. It, it, no, 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 you see, here's the thing. Like, I've <laughs> always objected to people saying, like, you know, oh, this is the worst track of the year. And it's Have like, you met me? It's true, but like... Hyperbole. Yes. Well, ra- I do. Rather, but as well, like, people... Like, this is probably... It is up there with the worst tracks of someone who could sell 50,000 tickets in Ireland in the morning. I think the piano's perfectly fine. Um, it's it's this worrying trend they've got into since John Frusciante left, who, you know, John Frusciante, the two periods he was in the band, he seemed to just wrestle creative control completely away from Flea and Anthony Kiedis and just do some really great stuff with the guitar. But every time he leaves, it just becomes, okay, we've got loads of slap bass and just shit rap lyrics over there. Do you, do you remember his film scripts? <laughs> Uh, well, he was in a bad place then, Dave. Look it up on YouTube. Look, look up John Frusciante. It's really sad. Journalist's <laughs> film scripts. He had his demons. Fine now, though. Yeah. And out of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, so doing well. The one thing, I, <laughs> the one thing I would say as well is that the Chili's, like, I mean, in a lot of their albums, certainly the last one or two, certainly, there's just so much filler. Like, yeah. genuine shit in there. I'm With You was five years ago, and that was a very mediocre record, and it was But that followed a couple of mediocre records. I, I remember, well, Stadium like, Arcadium, Stadium Arcadium, yeah, bloated double album. And double it's a double album. album. It's a Get the I Fuck mean, Out of Town. Ti- it's an album and a B-Sides alone, album. Yeah, Stadium, Stadium Arcadium. Arcadium. Fuck off. Danny California <laughs> as your lead That's single. A tune. That's it's a tune. not a tune. That's and a before tune. that, even, I, I even, by the way, it's pretty bad. I, I, I think, like, uh, the Zephyr song is one of the worst. Okay, yeah. I always like the Zephyr song. Whatever my hope. No, no, no. Zephyr song is a good Don't song. Don't give me that look. Uh, the Zephyr song is pathetic. In what sense? That's a good song. 
It's grotesque. How? How so? How so? It's just the most wishy-washy piece of shit. Like, it's terrible. No, I think the guitars are lovely. Oh, gross, man. It's like luau bollocks. Like, it's absolutely (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Throw away your television. That's woeful, yeah. No, that's terrible. Um, I still maintain John Frusciante is... Californication was the end of that. The death knell of that band. Yeah, I thought we were gonna have not, a minute not, silence or not point. I mean, even if you go like, I mean, like, can't stop us from following up. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's terrible. By the Dost is a great. It's just so generic. Dost yeah, like, is a great song. It's just wah, 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 wah. like it's just Let's like not sing, Dave. Please. I liked. Um, not singing. <laughs> I liked some Stadium Arcadium as well. Did you? I have to admit, sometimes they go into these weird like periods where I just put on loads of old Red Hot Chili Peppers and quite enjoy it. Didn't it's you like have to go to? Uh, didn't you have to go to the record label's office to listen to that last record to review it? Yeah, it was. Uh, That's always a fun time, was, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I got one. I do that with Muse. I, I had to do it. Um, actually, no, I won't say what I did. Did you have to do it with one of Muse in the room? No, I had to do that with the script. Oh, with Danny O'Donoghue yeah. and his, him dancing around. Yeah, with his long his forearm carrying my wine, his glass of wine. Now, if Anthony Kiedis and Flea had been there dancing around, that would have made for a good time, maybe. Um, I don't think so. At least a decent story. Okay, decent uh, story. We'll say that much. Maybe it isn't the worst thing we've was heard. Was Danny wearing a sock over his? <laughs> Easy now. It might not have been the worst thing we've heard this week. Am I right? Yeah, mm, yeah. Definitely. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I will be coming back <laughs> to that a little bit later. First, though, let's actually talk about what we heard this week that we did like. That's Kalani, uh, who's back with 24-7, and um, yeah, made a kind of an unfortunate appearance on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. That's true, yeah. We talked about the animalistic scumbag that is Chris Brown, who had some horrific things to say about Kalani in the wake of her apparent suicide attempt. Um, It appears, if this track is as fresh as it would appear to be, that she's uh, back on the mend and fighting fit and has brought out uh, this track 24-7, which, I mean, yeah, it's not the most, it's not going to change the world, but it's a very straightforward, upbeat, positive anthem. Um, I think it's good to hear her in good spirits. I think it's quite simple and it works because of that. I think it's just like it's a three minute jam about kind of, you know, the positives in life. Yeah. Kind of like, I really liked it. Um, you know, we've got Radiohead to change the world. So, yeah, um, that, that'll be fine. Um, this is just better to listen to. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a nice upbeat thing that's kind of like, you know, perfect for nice weather and like the summer coming in and kind of like, you know, trying to be in the best kind of spirits you, you can have. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, so far at least, a happy ending to that story that we had previously on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting as well to see uh, where she goes from here because it does sound a little bit different from her last album, uh, You Should Be Here. So whether it's a full new direction or whether it's just a, a kind of a slightly different thing because of what she's been through. Um, remains to be seen. Speaking of journeys, it's going to be interesting to watch, though. Uh, Dublin's own Heroes in Hiding released a new track uh, just last week. Uh, it sounds like this. Hey, 
That's called Know You're a Rabbit, uh, which is one of the stranger titles you'll hear this year. I give you that. Um, these guys used to kind of basically play folk rock. I think you interviewed them last year, Craig. Yeah. Um, um, as did I. Went in a totally different direction, obviously. <laughs> um, ditched the kind of folkier end of things. And um, it's a bit of an earworm for you, certainly, yeah? Yeah. Liking this one. It, yeah, it just, it just got stuck in my head, to be perfectly honest. And there's a bit of ambition there as well. If I remember correctly, they worked with Phil McGee before. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is him again. Uh, he, if you're unfamiliar, has worked with like the script and Code Line and people like that. So that big sound is his thing. He also actually mixed the overhead, the Albatross album. So when you hear that sort of epic swell, yeah, he that, does that very well. Indeed. Yeah, and on this song, it just kind of shows its head every now and then as well. Um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see where they go from here because, like I say, you know, it was clear from before that they were talented musicians and all the rest of it, albeit in a very different direction. Uh, now, if this is a sign of what's come from an album, which I understand they've been working on recently, yeah, uh, we're keeping an eye on. If yeah, if it's full of kind of catchy numbers like that, could really take off. Um, more Irish music uh, making its way around the place this week as well. Uh, windings, yeah, um, the welcome, the welcome return of Windings. I think for my money, I think for everyone at this table's money, one of the more kind of, I mean, I don't want to necessarily say underrated, but I do feel like they're underrated. I feel like, like, like I mean, they've had a claim and they've kind of, you know, been in contention for major honors before, but they're a band that kind of quietly go about their business. And they've returned with two tracks, uh, Stray Dogs and Helicopter. Here's a bit of Stray Dogs. Listen briefly These words are ones that I regret Purple, useless, strained And bordering on reprobate Soothum Soothum the straight dogs of my mortality tear at my ankles once again. So yeah, I mean, like, it seems like they're changing up their sound as well. I mean, like, a lot more moody, I think. Yeah, they, they've always been willing to kind of push the envelope a little bit in that regard, though. They've always wanted to kind of, you know, see see where they can go with their sound, basically. And uh, I guess the one nice thing as well that you can say is, you know, even if you don't like that track, even if you do like that track, it might not be indicative of what you're going to hear from the full-length record when that lands uh, in the autumn. True yeah. enough. And I mean, like, Helicopter, the second track there, is also a lot more different. And I mean, it almost kind of challenges you to the point where like, you're like, okay, well, this started off one way. There's a big kind of thing happening here in the middle that is it going to coalesce and it kind of works. Like it, like, it comes together and it's obviously very, very experimental, but all the better for it. Yeah, they've always been great at switching it up. And, you know, the 2012 record, I'm Not the Crow, um, was up for the choice prize, as you said. You know, they're always getting kind of b- big honours or at least big nods like that. And so year I was one of the judges and it was in the top two. It was very close to actually getting there, um, probably revealing a few too many secrets, but um, just a fantastic record and extremely talented band. So you're to blame for them not winning the choice music yeah, prize? Yeah, I said, no, not for me. Um, <laughs> what did we no, it was a, that year? Uh, De Laurentiis. De Laurentiis, yeah. Sparks, which um, is a terrific record. It was a very tough decision. Um, could have gone either way. 
Uh, give us your decision on a track that impressed you this week then. This is Aluna George and they're back with My Blood. And we're back. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that out there in Radio Land. Um, now, I've had a kind of soft spot for Luna George for a long time. Um, debut album came out in 2013, Body Music, and it just kind of did that, as you can kind of hear it there, um, quite 90s R&B mixed in with spacier kind of tones and, you know, flex of dubstep and EDM and Aluna George is Aluna Francis and George Reed who kind of takes a kind of backseat um, she's the singer obviously and just a terrific kind of R&B voice I think um, this isn't as kind of you know immediate as some of their other stuff but it's kind of it's a nice follow on from the last single they just released and obviously gearing up for album number two and it's it'll be interesting to see what they they end up doing because um, I think no matter what the song sounds like she's always kind of captivating a captivating presence very much and, so yeah. yeah we saw them in the academy a couple of years ago yeah fantastic it, yeah. it was a great gig it was strange though from one point of view I think they had a couple of session musicians kind of off to the side of the stage um, kind of one of the things where you're watching an act kind of figure itself out even in terms of everything from what they're releasing to how they look on the stage and I yeah. think based on the new material I've heard uh, they're definitely going for it this time yeah, a lot more it feels like they're kind of still trying to figure themselves out I think because so because they work with a lot of producers um, this is featuring Zoo or Zoo ZHU I'm not sure but he's one of these kind of EDM guys that's made it big recently and he was yeah. anonymous for a long time and then it's like no it's actually me making all these banging beats um, but they've done stuff with Disclosure and lots of different people and tried on various guises so hopefully they'll settle into something that's just their own but um, yeah definitely looking forward to the second album alright so I guess our overall track of the week then has to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> It's well, just red hot chili peppers. I'm sorry. And chili with one L. <laughs> to be honest, the Delorentos, the Villagers. Yeah, sorry. To be honest, they that. have competition because uh, we just heard <laughs> we just heard this. Jose in the neighborhood. Beautiful. Come on, Jordan. Let's be Jordan. serious about this. Come on, we're going to be serious hey, about this. Hey, yeah, yeah. Jordy. Jordan. Jordan, never, come on. I've never been on a song before. This is a fucking... That's a mercifully small snippet that you hear. Uh, Kylie Jenner uh, made a bit of an appearance on a track for the first time ever. We know that because she says, Jordan, come on, I've never been on a song before. <laughs> um, 
Is that your Kylie Jenner impression? Well, I don't immense. have a specific Kylie Jenner Jordan impression. Kabbalah, that works. Yeah. Never that certainly that works. Yeah. It, it's by rapper Little Yachty, what which name? is just... <laughs> That's what. That's the name you pick when all the other lils have been taken. And producer Burberry Perry. Yeah, either way. <laughs> Burberry it, Perry. Apparently it's a take <laughs> on a US kids TV show, so from Trumpton to Mr. Rogers' so neighbourhood. It's getting in on Radiohead's uh, thunder here. But it's just fucking terrible. Absolutely horrific. Um, it doesn't qualify as a song for me. Well, uh, no. yeah, and does it qualify as her entering into the next phase of her career, which is music, because it's just a kind of brief thing. No, it qualifies um, as her like doing something for clearly one of her mates, because the track overnight when it was released like got like something like half a million downloads or hits yeah. or whatever, simply because her name is on it. It should so. be said as well, Craig, yeah. the next stage of, his, of her career. <laughs> What's she leaving behind? <laughs> um, I don't know, Snapchat? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't quite uh, call this "Don't Give Up the Day Job." Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Who was it who had the the, the New Year's thing? That was her. Okay, uh, uh, let's let let's listen to that. Let's listen to Kylie Jenner's advice for. Uh, <laughs> and I know it's May, but here's Kylie Jenner's advice for 2016. Like, I feel like every year has a new energy, and I feel like this year is really about. Like the year of just realizing stuff and everyone around me, we're all just like realizing things. 2016, looking good. It's spectacular. Looking good, 2016. Words to live by. I mean, I and I myself have been realizing stuff (laughs) and things. And things. Yeah. I was kind of in a bad place when I, you know, around that time period, you know, the the holidays can be tough. You're looking good though. You're looking good now. I saw that and I just thought, do you know what? Looking good. She's right. It is. <laughs> it is right. the year of realizing. It stuff. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just so, feel like everyone so thank around. Thank you, Kylie. I feel like everyone around me is realizing <laughs> things. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just fear she's gonna like she's testing the waters and she's gonna actually come out with her own contraption of well, a song. To contraption. Fair, <laughs> to be fair, with a K. Uh, her sister. Did it before? Big Kim. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kim brought out a song, while and it back. was woeful. And she makes it into this week's top ten. Da, 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 da. The return of the top Woo! ten. Woo! Yes, we've got it's the back. ten worst celebrity efforts in music. The ten ultimate oh, top man, ten. I am so pumped. I am so pumped for this. So number ten, controversial choice here. I'm going with The Rock. Duetting with Wyclef Jean on "It Doesn't Matter." It's a good hook though. Mm, not convinced. <laughs> it's got The Rock's patented charisma on there. At number nine is Katie Price, who released a single called Feel the Love Again. It's just as bad as you'd imagine. At number eight, Naomi Campbell released a whole album. Yeah. and uh, Around the time she's gone out with Adam Clayton. That's precisely it, yeah. Which is totally probably, unrelated. It, <laughs> it, no, to be honest, going out with Adam Clayton is the only thing that <laughs> saved this from not having a higher place in this ranking. Cool. I think he probably got himself involved and another couple of people to keep it some way on the straight and narrow. Respectable. Gwyneth Paltrow did not do that. And uh, I haven't heard this. This can only song, be the worst thing of all time. It was from a movie called which Country is Strong. Only yeah. defense, but no, just no. And at number six, Kim Kardashian with Jam. Our top five. Though. <laughs> <laughs> there was just like a, a moment of like despaired silence there. Like, yeah, because I looked at because I looked at what else is on the list and the snippets of songs that we're going to have to listen to okay, right now. Right. Although I know that you don't mind listening to this.
Okay, Dave, we will give you the floor. Defend Chris Hoddle, or Chris Waddle and Glenn Hoddle. Now, I'm going to start off by saying, it's not, that, and Waddle. it's not that I don't mind listening to that. I fucking love listening to that. That is an absolute belter, and I'll hear nothing against it. There's a track called Heartbeat by a band called Red 7. It, can, it uh, ends the film Manhunter, and it's in a similar vein. If this wasn't by uh, Hoddle and Waddle, as they're affectionately known, people would be hailing this as one of the great... 80s gems it's class <laughs> what's wrong with it tell me tell me what's wrong with I'm it i'm really not i'm serious you know i, sh- I, sh- I should say destruction I- of red hot chili peppers and you're defending Glenn this Hoddle is so into it <laughs> as is anthony kiedis <laughs> i should say you do actually have an ally in hot press because uh when i mentioned this Stuart clark pointed yep. out Oh my, Diamond Lights, it's not so bad. So. It's a fucking, yeah, like, there you go, Stuart knows and I know. Diamond Lights, what a song. Alright, maybe that is too high on this list. This is not, this is Paris Hilton's Stars Are Blind. Again, it's just from the exact same school as Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner. I don't really have a regular job to go to, so might as well sing a song. I always remember Brandon Flowers from The Killers uh, moaning in Q Magazine <laughs> that Rolling Stone gave her album more stars than The Killers' second record. That's true. They gave, it, they gave it three out of five in their bid to be postmodern. That actually reminds me of Sid Owen from EastEnders and his uh, cod reggae uh, song, Good Thing Going. Sorry to all listeners who've had to listen to those two tracks one after <laughs> nearly the other. <laughs> We're nearly there. It's though. quite nightmarish th- this top ten. And yeah, and and this one, well, this one is interesting because we'd far rather listen to Paul Gogarty doing this. I respected your sincerity. I'd ask you respect mine. Well, all uh, due you respect in the most unparliamentary language. Please. Fuck you, Deputy Stark. Sorry, Fuck you. Eight, eight, I apologise now for my use of de- unparliamentary de- language. Fogarty, that is most unparliamentary language. It is yeah. most unparliamentary would language. I now, I now withdraw it and apologise for it. But I'm outraged that someone dares question my sincerity on this issue. I don't like what has to be done, but I'm going to take the responsibility and get it on the chin and get the unpopularity and lose my seat because it's the only thing we can do to get this country out of the state we're in. I firmly believe that. Deputy Shortall, Deputy Costello. I firmly believe that. And you respect my view. I didn't cause the economic mess. I didn't take money from developers or leave the... Or leave the... Or I didn't... Deputy Shortall. That's the point. Deputy Shortall. The point is... Deputy Shortall. The point is... We are screwed. Deputy Shortall. Your point is we are screwed as a country because of the wrongdoing of others. But instead he's chosen to do this.
my heart It was here on a platter You threw it away as if it didn't matter Gave you my heart, you tore it apart Right from the start you threw me away My dreams and how life had a meaning. I don't see the problem. I do. Oh, I don't know. It's up there with Glenn. No, okay. Well, it's <laughs> actually, yeah, that's that's like that's. It could have done with some more unparliamentary language, I think, just to kind of give it an edge. Very questionable. It's um, true. And at number one, we turn to Dave. And Dave, at Oxygen 2011. Jesse J pulled out. That's or at true. Least we think it was Jesse J. I think it was Jesse J. She's a lot to answer for. In I remember, general, I remember, so. being, I remember being devastated. <laughs> I wouldn't get to see my hero, Jessica Cornish. But it was fine because there was a replacement. There was a last-minute replacement, as it were. The one and only, the amazing Amanda Brunker. <laughs> She of the uh, novels, uh, furniture design. Wait, what? Yeah, there was an Amanda Brunker sofa range. I think it single-handedly explains why you always find me in the kitchen at parties. Because <laughs> um, I'm not going anywhere near the She was also selling something you wear around your waist that makes you look slimmer for a while. Remember Belt. that? Yeah. It was a whole <laughs> Ryan Tuberty interview. <laughs> right out. So Amanda Brunker was drafted in at the last minute um, and it proved to be a complete shit show, as you might imagine. But, you know, it got some publicity, am I right? So everyone was really happy about that. What was she thinking? Well, uh, I was there, okay? <laughs> I was there. What were you thinking? Uh, I was thinking that I was working for Hopper House at the time and I wanted to take a break from the fucking Red Bull rave warehouse where Keen Healy was spinning the decks. <laughs> DJ Church. Just DJ. get away from it all and chill with some brunker. So I wanted to just, yeah, get into the sun and I, I happened upon the, it was like the second biggest stage and there was almost no one there and she was there with like, so she swans out, flower crown on of course, uh, like big shades and like some Spanish band probably called something like Canasta or something, I can't remember what they were called but like, <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing ever and like, she played about two songs I think it was and then she proudly proclaimed she was like, well now I've done it we're all having a great time. Isn't that what it's all about? And I was like, you don't get to be smug about this. This is a fucking but car crash. But isn't that what it's all about? I guess. She put up some saucy photograph on Twitter later on of her relaxing in her dressing room. And I guess that's all anybody needed. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Out to fucking Renards that night or something. I mean, like, what, a, what an absolute <laughs> pathetic joke that was, really. And yeah, I mean, like, like, really kind of like, if I wasn't at that festival to work at it and I actually paid money to go, you'd be like, what the fuck? Really? Yeah. This is a joke. So this, someone's idea of a fucking, like, lol. I mean, a bit like Kylie, we should be saying stick to the day job, but what would that entail? Just stick to writing novels? Is, there, is that what we're suggesting for Amanda? I don't, I don't know. really know. Stick to being on the cover of Life magazine in the Sindo. Okay, yeah. cool. That, that's usually where you'll find her. Can we have, a, <laughs> can we have an honourable mention for Andy Cole? Andy Andy Cole's Outstanding. Outstanding. What a tune. What a tune. <laughs> so, let's listen to a bit of Outstanding. Tell the world my name, who's that Andy Cole? I blaze the scene, 
for the goals. Keep my eyes on the prize, my inspiration to celebrate life, to rock the nation. Gather round, get close to me. Here's a VIP to my private party. The host with the most got clientele, guaranteed to rock the mic. Well, can I kick it? Yes, you can. A summertime rhyme and a party jam. Chop like a razor, speak to a major. Picture like Ali, did Joe Fraser. I reminisce back to the schoolyard. I used to work hard, I used to play hard. Got my kicks from hitting the net, not from drugs. You bet we're outstanding. And frankly, that's probably better R&B, at least in Dave's view, than we've been listening to this week. Uh, It is the album of the moment. It is uh, that, you know, sort of zeitgeisty release, I guess. (coughs) It's Views, it's Drake, and it sounds like this. Me and all my niggas doing well, doing well, dawg. You not from the city, I could tell, I could tell, dawg. Did it, did it, did it by myself, by myself, dawg. Blew up and I'm in the city still, I'm still here, dawg. How did I finesse all of this shit from Jane and Weston? Girls all in my bed and they don't trip off first impression. Girls all in your bed and they just ask a hundred question. I can't fuck with you no more cause you be acting extra. Do your favorite rap. But like my son, like my son, no Nothing mutual about my funds, about my funds, though All you niggas fighting over crumbs, where the bread at? How they feel about you, where you from, where your bed at? I don't need no pill to speak my mind, I don't need that I make people pay me for my time, yeah, I need that And I see your girl like all the time, all the time, no I can't tell you if she's yours or mine, but I do know Me and all my niggas doing well, doing Right, so you're not going to find too many albums with as big a build-up as this, uh, definitely aided by that rather unorthodox album cover. Um, When it comes to the music... There's 81 minutes of it. (laughs) It's incredibly bloated for a start. I didn't think think we were going to get a more life-sapping record than PJ Harvey's The Hope Six Demolition Project at least this soon. God, this is so boring. This album is such a chore. I mean, I guess I wanted to start off by reading a paragraph from Pitchfork's review because, I mean, I I read this paragraph and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Ryan Dombal of Pitchfork says, The record is called Views, but its perspective is decidedly singular. This album, I'm very proud to say, is just, I feel like I told everybody how I'm actually feeling, said Drake uh, to Zane Lowe in a toothless recent interview. I mean, here's the thing. If he is... Being honest there, if he really has told us how he's feeling, then he's one of the most monotonous, boring men on the planet. Yeah. There's nothing here. It's it, it, This is the thing. It's not that there's nothing there, because musically... Well, there's nothing here from a, from a narrative or from an, like a, any kind of storytelling point of view. Yeah, and what's more, like this was pitched as a concept album. Oh, what it, is the concept? In, I in, mean, jeez. In, in Drake's uh, eyes, this was... A journey kind of both through Toronto, through his home city, and from season to season, so that it starts in winter and it goes through summer and out the other yeah. side. That that's the concept of this, and it and that is reflected a little bit musically. There's some nice transitions. Um, he's got forty, his kind of long time collaborator, back on the majority of stuff, and he puts some nice kind of sounds together. In fairness, it's all immaculate, but there's just no real spark whatsoever, is there? And the thing is that Drake and and his actual like his lyrics and his delivery and all that, it doesn't change at all. 
you it's, expect there's going to be, you know, the dark winter and then the bright summer or something very simple so in a concept robotic, like though. that. He's so robotic. Is yeah, he, it's, it's just watch Drake be depressed at different times of the year. But here's the thing. Is Drake supposed to be held up there as like one of the great rappers of the moment? I think people think moment? this, yeah. Am I taking crazy pills? Because I've seen <laughs> some of the lines on this fucking album are just bizarre. It should be said, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, a, I mean, like, yeah, his, his delivery's never really impressed me. But secondly, yeah, the lines. There are moments in this where he is approaching like family guy Randy Newman say what you see sort of like levels where it's just a commentary on a date and obviously the date doesn't go well because you know it's fucking Drake but (laughs) oh this was just hard work yeah your best day is my worst day I get green like earth day what is that (laughs) it's just so clumsy and you know hate to bring up Kanye Craig on Kanye but I no, mean, you don't. the life of Pablo has some stinkers on it, but at least they're memorable and you can kind of laugh about them. These are just woeful lines. And there's been, you know, the last year we've heard so much kind of these back and forth Drake's had, Drake's had with people just saying, you know, okay, you're, you're using ghostwriters, um, you're not doing it yourself. Is this him just going, okay, I'm not going to use any ghostwriters, I'm just going to do this by myself. Bring back the ghostwriters. This is fucking... Uh, the life of Pablo, by the way, just real quick. Uh, the one thing about life Pablo is it's fun. Yeah. It's enjoyable. Yeah. And it's a bit of a laugh. Whereas this is energy sapping and crap. To go back to that Pitchfork review, your man Ryan Dunball says, Views is what happens when venting turns into whining. Spanning an obnoxious 82 minutes, the record goes through several musical and thematic phases, but the overall atmosphere is bitter, petty, and worn down. It confuses loyalty and stagnation, wallowing in a sound that is starting to show its limits. And that's the big thing for me here. I think that, like, I think the game is up. Uh, well, in terms of sales, he's been doing rather well. Yeah. <laughs> it outsold Beyonce's. Um, he sold a million copies in, one in a week. day. Yeah. It outsold Beyonce's, which was a huge record. Yeah. Um, this is going to be something like sixth number one in the US. It's just bizarre. Well, when, I say, when I say the game is up, I think, oh, I think, creatively, creatively seems yeah. spent. I mean, this you know, he's talked about this being one for the day ones. You know, who's kind of all fans, and I mean, there's there's touches of Take Care, which I actually thought was an interesting record, and it certainly had this kind of similar vibe, but he was much more maybe expressive maybe it just seemed fresher the lines weren't as janky um and there was some you know better beats but it just seems like he's just rehashing old drake he's talked about wanting to make this a really coherent great album and it just coheres into this like redundant thing where one song bleeds into the next and he's saying the exact same thing and uh <laughs> that 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 about sums it up, folks. And uh, well, I mean, like, I I think it's more a case of like if you look at the the excessive levels of hype, but uh, like, does it match it for those fans? Because Drake fans are kind of terrifying. They're hardcore. Like, uh, like just Google Drake tattoos, and you can see some of the worst ones you're ever going to see. And I don't get it. I've I've seen people say that that Drake is as good a rapper as Kendrick Lamar. Which to me is... Well, yeah, look, it's bollocks, um, <laughs> frankly. Uh, the one thing is, yeah, look, I mean, it depends what those fans want from Drake at this point. I mean, I can see why this would be, as he said himself, you know, one for the day ones. Because really, it's very much kind of just going through already charted waters. Um, well, hold on. going to be... He's got some lines like, I got so many chains, they call me Chaining Tatum. That is the gold on offer in views. Yeah. Uh, this amazing concept album that lasts for 81 minutes. Let's go around the table and get some uh, points because we do have albums that we liked more this week, Dave. Oof, uh, I'm going to go three. Yeah. Three out of ten, my lowest rating so far. Craig? 
I'm going to give a four because towards the second half, there's some lighter moments that are actually good sonically. Yeah, I'm going to go with a four as well. It just, it's a difficult album to listen to. And I know that the new offering from Le, Spiritual Songs for Lovers to Sing, has a massive fan next to me. So I'm very afraid of using uh, the link that uh, I found this one a challenge as well. Take a listen. Obviously, get to the fact that there's so much to like about this record in a second, but let me tell you, without going to actually buy the album or listen to the whole thing, that vocal delivery is the same the whole way through, and I found it jarring. Craig, do you want to take this? Do you want? To, do you want? Do you want? Do you want to teach oh, this guy? I find it delightful, though. I don't know. I can totally understand why this is a marmite thing for you know a lot of people. Um, but it connects with me, and I don't. I, why? I guess maybe if we go back to Drake, it always seems like Drake is almost too tryhard. There's a lack of authenticity there for me for some reason. This seems authentic to me. It's just packed with emotion. It's such a distinctive thing, and I think it's quite malleable at times. I don't think it becomes a monotonous thing at all. I just, I, I just find it has too much emotion. It's like re- <laughs> too, much, too much emotion. Well, Open no, yourself up, Colt. No, what is it? it's, <laughs> it's like getting a long email that's purely in block capitals. Jesus Christ, that's, where it that's just harsh, starts man. to wear you down. I can stop sending those if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it just starts to wear you down. That's what I found at least. I found that like after two, three, four listens, I was starting to brace myself during the intro of songs because I was just like. It's going to come again. It's going to arrive. That voice. So were you a Wu Life fan? Or not? No. You no, weren't? Okay. I wasn't. So it, it is purely an aesthetic thing for you? As in that this aesthetic is not for you? To an extent. And you see, this is the thing. Like I say, there's so much else in this album that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that musically, it's fantastic. I think that dynamically, it just moves yeah. beautifully. Well, that's why I feel like it. You know, the voice works really well because there is space. It is an epic sound. It's not like it overwhelms everything about but it. But what I found, it was a bit like I don't know. You know, like Cindy Crawford's mole. Of course, right? yeah. where it's just, <laughs> where it's, there's so much to admire, but for some reason, some people end up fixated on the mole. 
that's how I found it with this voice. At times, I couldn't move away from it. It was like trying to, like, it was like talking to someone with a lazy eye, you know? Where, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You're just, you're, just, you're just trying to avoid that one thing, but you can't get past it. That's how I felt uh, with, with this vocal type. Well, this is is most... that why things ever worked out between you and Cindy? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Well, okay, well, hang on. Uh, there's an awful lot to unpack there, I feel. Oh, fucking uh, huge amount. <laughs> I feel like we need a sofa so Cullen can lie down and we can have a proper chat about yeah. where he's at. And this, was a, this was the second week in a row where Cullen has like put his hands to his face. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder, like, uh, like uh, the, the, this exasperation cannot cannot stand. Uh, okay, so uh, for anyone who, who hasn't heard, uh, are, 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 are we going L- we go on Lu- he, he says Lu- Lu- which is an acronym for Lost Under Heaven. We've previously featured them on the podcast before. Uh, the new project from Ellery James Roberts alongside his girlfriend and collaborator Ebony Horn. And also produced with uh, Hacks and Cloak. And basically, I think it's a really, really fresh and distinctive chapter for him. I think it does leave Woo Life behind in the right way. I think that voice is something I don't get bored of at all. And I think they, I, I agree with Craig in that I do think it's a lot more malleable than you might be giving it credit for. I think that on tracks like Sorrow, um, he manages to kind of go all weird, kind of like Ibethan pop album, or pop anthem, I should say. And it shouldn't work, but it does. There's club bangers on this, followed by these kind of hazy, introspective, reflective, like, you know, the walk home at six in the morning in the sun type thing. There's also some incredible, very, very pretty confessionals. And it actually ends with a track that almost sounds like a bit of a Rod Stewart acoustic guitar song. It's a very joyous album overall. It is, massively, Um, yeah. As opposed to maybe a lot of what Woo Life were doing. Um, And it seems, having just read an interview with the pair of them, that... Apparently he met her when he just came back to his squat one yeah. day and she was there, which, yeah, that happens all the time. And he got into, yeah, <laughs> that's where like, a fight occurred and he got a, he got a, a glass bottle broken over his arm. Um, mm. But apparently she's been really good for him and vice versa and they seem to have this great partnership um, and certainly musically they do and he just seems like he's totally kind of been given again a new lease of life from this relationship and um, it's very totally positive different the lyrics are it very, is very positive, very positive. Uh, it's life affirming stuff in the best way possible um, big sense and it's a real proper summer record I feel yeah I, like I say I just I had trouble with the vocals that, that was it that was it and you know what in short bursts it didn't bother me when I heard the singles, I and I, and... Beneath the Concrete. Beneath the Concrete, yeah. Didn't bother me. Um, I think it might just be when, you know, you had the 11 or 12 tracks, and I think there's probably two or three... Do you not think that he's countered... felt it kind of broke with that do, do you not think that he's countered quite well with her vocals, though? They kind of dovetail. Like, she offers something quite different. Oh, oh no, yeah. And she, they do kind she, of jump she, from she genre does, to just, genre as well. I, I don't think it happens enough. And like I say, I mean, just... I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, he needs to shut up or they need to split the 50-50 or anything like that it's nothing like that it's just you know tone tone it down a little bit a little bit more dynamism something like that and uh, yeah I think I would have enjoyed this album a lot more because by no means still am I giving this a bad score it's Cole wants some crooning on the next record that's essentially <laughs> some soulful crooning some lounge lizard crooning from, from Ellery James Roberts <laughs> no, like a I bit say, of swing when you're winning like I say <laughs> I'm, I'm still willing to give this album a six I think it probably oh, oh, Jesus this is an eight <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was about to say yeah it probably would have been it would have been an eight spoiler alert it would have been an eight if the vocals didn't kill me so much but six yeah fuck <laughs> and like I say, would have been an eight. Dave That's is crestfallen. I am crestfallen. So you're going six. 
Greg? I'm going strong eight. Eight point five maybe. I'm going nine. Wow. It's Jeez. a nine out of ten. It's not a nine out of ten, but it's you know, it's very good. It's a nine <laughs> out of ten, and uh, if you want to read more of my opinions, you can go over to Trend and Sound now and check out my review there, which is up now. Uh, but yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you call me, you totally can, up. You, written and everything. <laughs> All of us. At time of recording, I haven't written the review. <laughs> I was supposed to. Now I really want to read it. Yeah. Give us a preview, Dave. <laughs> uh, first line is, uh, uh, we life is dead. <laughs> Colmarie can get fucked. <laughs> Before we stop looking into the future, there was one more album that I know you guys enjoyed this week. This is Anani. It's only for the queens, it's only for the queens. It's only for the queens, it's only for the queens. It's only for the queens, it's only for the queens. It's only for the queens, it's only for the gotta hold my hands up and say that uh yeah i didn't get my teeth into this album really um yeah sorry hopelessness um the first record anoni has released under this new name um formerly anthony and the johnsons we'd kind of know that musical act very well and she's just got such a sublime voice i I feel i first heard her obviously on um well not obviously because she'd done stuff previously but 2005's i'm a bird now um, won the Mercury and quite rightly so it was just this beautiful stately album of just really mournful kind of amazing songs um, some great collaborations with the likes of Rufus Wainwright even Boy George was phenomenal on it Lou Reed Lou Reed yeah Fistful um, Love which is Lou an incredible Reed was song. a huge supporter of Anoni's work um, since then she's kind of gone different directions she did some disco stuff um and you know, very Hercules Love Affair, yeah, which was great, yeah. which Blind, actually worked because you, you wouldn't necessarily think that voice would work in that context, but it did. Then some other conceptual stuff. This is a big departure again because it's quite electric. Well, it's heavily electronic. It's kind of um, apocalyptic in a way. It's very much about state of the world. I mean, the title "Hopelessness" says it all, mm. but it's not preachy. It it works for which me, which is incredible. In as much as if you look at a lot of the concept of it, like that that she can be so deft when dealing. With the subject of drone bombings, which yeah. we we only have to look to last summer to muse <laughs> and their drones, appalling <laughs> drones album. There are drones. I mean, the first track on this record is called "Drone Bomb Me." There's a song called "Obama" in which she essentially does this kind of like howl for the course of three and a half minutes. Um, there's a song which is just about apologizing to the victims of drone strikes, putting yourself in that kind of shoes, and it's, it literally is just that. It's just like a repeated apology uh, from different points of view. And it shouldn't work. It sh- it should be preachy. It should be boring. It should be 
really like hammering the point home. And yet, this completely unique voice manages to carry it through uh, against a backdrop of incredibly layered and interesting and always moving kind of musical parts. Yeah, there's assaults of drums. It's it's quite heavy at times. Um, but the songs always have a kind of a through line of just great melody. And even through one listen, you're kind of on board. It's not a difficult listen at all, which we talked about PJ Har- Harvey's most recent record, not to keep hammering her because there was a lot of merits to what she was trying to do in that. And I love her work overall. But that was a struggle when she was trying to kind of, you know, give her take on the state of the world by just line after line of her seeing awful things. Um, whereas this could have gone the same way, but no, it just totally fits together. And I think there's a grace about Anoni just in general. Um, and that carries true on this. And the voice is just, you know, it could be Nina Simone or someone. Oh, like yeah. That. It's yeah. It's, 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 it's once an in absolute, a generation voice. An absolute triumph. And highly, highly, highly recommended. Get off your ass, Colin. Listen to it. Yeah, it's on my to-do list. Do you want to give it scores? Craig? Uh, I'm kind of reluctant to give nines to a lot of things, but this is pushing a nine for me. I think it's very good. Uh, it's a nine for me as well. I was kind of teetering around the 8.5 area, but I just thought, well, to be fair, to not give it a nine because I gave another album a nine would be fucking ridiculous. It's a wonderful piece of work. Uh, and you can watch me steamroll in with my six on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we'll just flip it upside down like Drake did. Oh, yeah, shit, it's man. a nine. Yeah, <laughs> killing the game. Actually, I walked into that. We should also mention before we move off albums completely that uh, our, our, our beloved Joshua Hughes who is over in Toronto. Mm-hmm. He's over in the six. The six. Uh, it turns out it's compulsory to buy that album. Well, he said, he said to us that, like, that he's, he's very upset with us because we don't love the record. He, con- he concedes that it's not a, an absolute masterpiece, but he is a fan of Drake. And he said that he's become more of a fan of Drake since he's gotten there. Uh, and he also says that you know you can't walk down the street without hearing it from cars. So, Josh, it's not our fault that you're completely impressionable and you've let a very nice city take you in, and that you can't deduce what is in fact one of the most average records you're ever going to hear in your life. We still love you, though, buddy. We still love you. Uh, as much as Dave is tempted <laughs> to go for a mic drop to finish that rant, uh, we do have to sign off uh, with some exit music. We do. We're going to sign off with some exit music. Uh, something a bit different. Uh, and of course, as always, if you're listening and you would like to have your music played on this episode, or not this episode, but on this podcast, just send me an email to music at headstuff.org. I then send that email around to various different people at random, uh, and then they tell me what they think about it. It could be anybody. Who knows? So, to play us out this week... And uh, thanks once again, guys, by the way. Thank you. You're Peace and love. Colm, can you come in in better mood next week? I feel like, I'll do my best. I feel like you, like, like you, just, you turned into like, you know, Will Self there or something at the end. Just very curmudgeonly. There's and nothing wrong with Will Self. You made me listen to Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian, Naomi Campbell and Katie Price doing music for the afternoon. And, so I, would, and I would do it again. <laughs> I'd do it all again. To play us out this week, a band from Drada, where I hail from, this band are called Amongst the Wolves, and the track is called Hunger. They're a hard-hitting Irish rock band who make hard-hitting Irish rock. Hunger sounds like this. Thank you very, very much for listening. My name is Dave Hanready. There will be no encore. This has been no encore. And this is Amongst the Wolves and Hunger.
HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details. I'm Dave Hanratty. You don't own me. No one can tell you how to travel as you are. Orbitz wants to help you discover where you want to go, who you want to go with, and what you want to do when you get there. Visit orbits.com slash pride to book your next trip. Orbits. Travel as you are. So just let me be myself to say and do whatever I Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.